We all know how political differences can pull us apart, but could those same differences be exactly what our communities need? In today's episode of Eyes on the Street, we speak with Sarah O'Brien of Collaborative Development Collective about political divisiveness and local economies. Enjoy. You're listening to Eyes on the Street, a civic brand podcast. Conversations on community branding, engagement, and marketing. Today's episode of Eyes on the Street is brought to you by Arguing on Facebook. It's not worth it. Yeah, start with I'm Sarah. Who, who you are and what you do. Perfect. I'm Sarah O'Brien. I'm actually a longtime um, supporter of the Texas Downtown Association, currently on the board of directors, and I own my own consulting firm, Collaborative Development, based in Smithville, Texas, just outside of Austin. Cool. And you're kind of the reason that we're here. Yes. First talk to you. Yes, absolutely. I um, saw you guys, I think, in an article with City Nation Place, um, and I'm a big believer in collaboration and breaking down the silos and working together, so I've... I'm an expert generalist, I say, but I've worked in Main Street. I've worked, obviously, for local government, CVBs, both freestanding, independent, um, and city umbrella. Done a lot of economic development work, um, as well as been a tourism director for a chamber of commerce. Wow. And so I love what City Nation Place is doing, and I saw that you guys were involved with that and that you're based in Dallas. So I reached out and said you needed to plug into TDA. Yeah. Yeah, I guess tell me a little bit more about... the your consultancy and the projects you're working on? Sure, absolutely. So it's, you know, I left uh, local government in December um, and decided that I really loved Smithville. And so I didn't want to move. And so I started my own firm. Um, I do some small business consulting, um, working with small business on both branding and design, visually merchandising um, and social media. And then I do strategic planning for chambers or CVBs or economic development firms, um, do some downtown planning. Um, and so it really kind of runs the gamut. So I did some marketing and promotions for um, a festival venue um, out in Round Top and then did some of that for an event at another venue uh, this summer. So we're just having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, you obviously have a lot of experience in it, but what drew you to working with cities and CVBs and all that? You know, I think we're at a critical juncture um, in our country right now. And so I think that we've lost the art of communication and talking to our neighbors. And so that's um, looking at collaboration and collective impact. It's really back in the day, you didn't call a plumber when you needed your plumbing looked at. You looked in your neighborhood and who was doing that and they came and fixed it. And so we've lost that. And so we do a thing at my house called Church on the Porch um, where we sit and solve all of the the world's problems um, on the front porch because I talk to my neighbors and we have a walkable community. And so local government is such a critical part of that because you and your neighbors are the ones that affect change locally. And so we complain about what's going on in Washington and lose sleep over it at night. But most of the stuff that happens in D.C. doesn't really affect you and I on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it just doesn't. Ultimately, it will eventually. But And we can't affect great change in Washington. Um, The same with Austin and Texas, right? And so I really think it's up to us as... It's our duty as residents and as citizens to get engaged and affect that change in the local government. And hopefully we can get the local governments working together to affect some change in Austin and then get the states working together to affect some change um, in Washington, D.C. And I think that's the only way we'll really, you know, see the yeah. change that we need to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that 
that definitely rings true to me. Um, you know, we're a, a branding and at the end of the day, really a design firm. Right. But what got us into doing that for cities was the public engagement side of it. Yep. Because um, we're terrible yeah, at I mean, public engagement. Local government saw, is. You know, we, we went to some public meetings for a couple projects we were working on before we specialized in, in cities. Yep. And, you know, you quickly saw, you know, who comes to public meetings. It's a very like set demographic. That's right. It's, it's not inclusive. Not at all. And people just weren't aware of what was going on in their own community. And so they aren't talking to their neighbors to find out either. Right. Yeah. Which there's probably bigger societal things. That's right. We were like, you know, we can approach this from at least with city projects, branding, planning. So we do a lot of work on planning projects That's as fantastic. Well. So I've um, been over, um, I've worked in two different planning departments as well. <laughs> so yeah. um, development, I think, is at the heart is, of it all because it's our built environment and it's mm-hmm. how we interact as humans with each other. And so I think that that all integrates together. So City Nation Place, um, hopefully we'll start bringing some of the planners um, on board as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like there's any kind of shift back to where it needs to be? Absolutely. I think there's a a ton of conversation. I actually have started a list of different, both firms and nonprofits and think tanks that are all talking in the same sphere about some component of it. And a lot of them are are tying together. Um, But the conversations are happening all over the place but we're still not having them all together. Um, And so that's the piece that, you know, I'm consulting right now and doing some things, but we're really trying to figure out how to save the world. So we got got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, So I guess what are, are there there any projects that you're working on now that you can or want to talk about? Um, So we, well... A little bit. Um, not yet. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold yeah. off on that. I do want to tell you about one really cool thing we've got going on. I think we, um, you know, we bash on the millennial generation, and now we've got those younger than them. There is a, a duo in Smithville, Texas, that is, um, one is from, I believe, Delaware, and one is from another northeastern state. They just graduated college, uh, met in college, and are concerned about the political divisiveness in this country and, and believe that we need to talk to each other. And so they actually looked on a map and picked Bastrop County, Texas, um, and are here for six months, and they started this thing called Project Divided. Um, And so I encourage you to look them up on social media. And so they are in our community in Smithville volunteering, talking to people from all political spectrums. You know, um, there's uh, our closing keynote tomorrow. I wrote a blog a few weeks ago about local politics and divisiveness. And, you know, I think he said that his wife doesn't like mayonnaise, but that doesn't mean he hates her. Um, he may think it's kind of odd, right? And so we have differing viewpoints and we're supposed to, but we forgot that. And so we don't um, connect with people that have different viewpoints than us. And I think it's important that we get back to that. And these girls are doing a great job and I love to see the younger generation out there yeah. um, working to affect change. Yeah, we are, uh, we're doing some work in Santa Fe right now. Oh, fantastic. I love Santa Fe. Santa Fe, New Mexico is, you know, that's a, they have a, obviously a super rich history and culture. And as we were looking into it and, and kind of understanding and researching it, you know, we saw this idea of contrast yep. and conflict. It's a and, natural process. And they actually thing. like, the city was kind of built on conflict and contrast and different cultures. And, I love you know, that. coming together. And I was interviewing the mayor actually for this podcast. Um, and he was telling me about a book that he was reading called The... I'm gonna butch. I'm gonna forget the name. That's okay. I'll link to it in the podcast. Perfect. But, um, but the the book was the base. It, it looks at different cities in history. Okay. And it basically how genius came out of conflict and yep. differences of opinions. And, yep. And you know if everybody's all 
on one side of something, it doesn't create something better. That's and, exactly right. Um, Have you um, heard of a group called the Unreasonable Group? No. It is, everybody check them out. They're a, I'm not even sure what they do, but they're working to solve the world's biggest effing problems, quote unquote, on their website. They've got some really interesting corporate philosophies and, and mantras. And so they're funding um, not startup phases. They're working with companies around the globe that are small, that are working to solve the water crisis, um, working to solve you know poverty and homelessness and some really amazing things. George Bernard Shaw says that all great change um, happens by being unreasonable. And so it's the unreasonable man um, that we need. And that's a butcher on that quote. But um, I've used that several times. And and we do. We have to be different and think differently to really affect the kind of change that we want to do. Yeah, for sure. That we have to have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, with cities... It's kind of a stretch to tie these in, but I think it makes. I think it'll, you'll get it. But yep. you know, we're we're looking at you know what makes great cities and and what makes really big great cities like right. New York. And when you look at it, it's really just collections of neighborhoods. It's the built environment. And right, and it's yep. the, but it's their differences that this neighborhood is different from this neighborhood, but together they're a great city. That's right. Um, and so I think the same. You break that down further. The same is true with people. Yep. Right. We need different neighbors and different. Absolutely. All of that, and they've got to work together, and they've got to have common goals. And yep. Um, I used to joke with that all the time with CVBs and DMOs and EDCs and downtowns and chambers. Is that we're all different houses, right? And we need to look a little bit different, but to people looking um, in from the outside, we need to look like we live in the same neighborhood. Right. Um, and that's I think good. that's an important. I think it applies to everything from people and um, organizations down to the community level all the way up, you know, to the federal government. So. Yeah, for sure. That's a yep. really good analogy. I like that. Might have to steal that. Yeah, well, I still think, it. you know, there's uh, no new good ideas right. out there, Ryan. So everything's already been done once. So you just give credit to whoever started it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and in this world, you know, the city and civic world, yep. there's always committees. and Absolutely. You know, so because of that, you're having to kind of create plans and designs that a group can agree on. And it's almost impossible for any, if, if we're you all can. going off of personal opinion, right. we're not going to agree. No. But if we can create a shared set of brand values, brand principles. Our why, our purpose. That's right. And how we get there doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I've been studying a lot, we're speaking in the morning here um, tomorrow about this and then at um, APA next week, American Planning Association, is mindsets um, and, you know, scarcity and abundance. And that's what it all boils down to. So I teach a customer service training class and I threw every slide away a few months ago and we started with mindset because it doesn't matter what I tell you or share information with you, if you don't understand the minds of your customers and you don't understand your viewpoint and where you're coming from, none of it matters. And so we've been, you know, preaching to people that can't listen to us um, for years. And so we all have to do different. And I think we need human psychologists on staff and more local governments and at chambers and, and everywhere else because... Um, everyone reacts and behaves differently. Um, and you have to know how to to work with those different types of mindsets and those different types of personalities in order to get the desired results. And yeah. so um, that's a, a big part of what I'm studying and researching as well. Yeah, yeah we've, we've actually joked a lot that we're, we're more psychologists than designers yes. because that's right. when we go through our process, it's, it's a therapeutic process for yep. city committees, business owners. Absolutely. Before we ever design or create anything, we've got to, we got a lot of talking and work to do. That's right, and you've we... got to get through the minutia and peel back the layers of the onions before you can start making sausages. Yeah. My former boss, Linda Emble and Bastrop, used to say. <laughs> so, I guess, do you have any 
tips or advice or starting points for anybody who's listening who's like, I get what you're saying. I right. believe it. I want to make that happen in my community, my city. Yep. Where do they start? You talk to your neighbors. So I'm going to tell you a little story that I haven't told publicly yet, but I feel compelled to do so. So this May, um, the Smithville City Council was having an election, and I'm probably going to get in trouble. But <laughs> at any rate, I knew two of the candidates um, were running in the same race, and I didn't know both of them well. Um, I knew the other candidate that I was going to vote for, and so we were going to go vote, leaving my house, and my neighbor was next door. And um, she's very interesting. We've lived there three and a half years. We're friends. We take care of each other. She's no one I would typically associate with um, in real life, but she's my neighbor, and I love her. And so we have different values and different morals and different political views. We like the same football team, but that's about it. Um, And I said, Linda, do you know either of these two people? And um, Linda doesn't use profanity like I do. I don't believe in cuss words. But she um, told me who to vote for. And so we left. My mom was with me, and we went and voted. Um, And that city council race was decided by one vote. And so I think that speaks to the fact that my neighbor and I don't agree on a lot. But I valued her opinion enough because I know her to change, you know, to make a decision on to which way I was going to vote. And it literally changed the course of history in my community. And can you imagine if people all over the place just talk to their neighbors? Um, and so I think that that would be my number one step. Go get out in your community. Stop entering through your garage door. Um, sit on your stoop or your front porch or get some lawn chairs. Have a block party. The city of Sugarland, the city of Round Rock have these new um, block party in a box things that you can rent um, to your neighborhood. So I think that that, that would be my... Well, there had to be something to the way, either to y'all's relationship or the way she told you, because right. people out there are out there telling people how to vote all the time, and That's it doesn't right. go as well as the no, as your story. No, because it's the same chatter that, that you hear. Uh, no, that's right. Yeah, I value her opinion and respect her opinion. And I, honestly, I had read the newspaper and the research articles on both, but I, I hadn't made up my mind. There wasn't a compelling reason one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gave me what I needed to make that choice. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So yep. one vote, huh? One vote. Can you believe it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a. It was. They thought it was a tie. They or was a tie. They weren't sure. They had to wait for the um, absentee ballots to come in, and yeah, one vote. That's crazy. Yep. So go talk to your neighbors. Learn something new about somebody else. Accept their differences and um, appreciate the different points of view in this world because that's what makes it go around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so what else? What else you want to chat about? Well, um, go shop downtown. If you, yeah. <laughs> we, we encourage everybody to support their local community. You know, I joke all the time that Main Street and downtown revitalization, the principles that were started 35 years ago were way before we started talking about placemaking and way before we had Congress for the new urbanism. And I don't believe in new urbanism because it's all old urbanism. Um, and, you know, we have dedicated funding for tourism and economic development. Um, but downtown and Main Street's always kind of been that other thing, kind of the redhead stepchild. And so I, I think it's the most critically important. And whether it's a downtown or a commercial district or neighborhood revitalization, when it goes to that basic principle, um, I think that's where we, we need to start and focus our energies and commit our resources. Um, and, it, and it's really the, the only group or organization in town, even if it's not formal, whose ultimate goal is just to improve that area. So, um, and, and that's what we need. So go support those folks. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's such an interesting one because, you know, my friends and our staff will be the first to tell you, like they roll their eyes if somebody mentions Amazon in front of me because I could do a 10-hour podcast on right. just my thoughts on Amazon. Well, don't get me started on the tax system. That's a whole nother, yeah. Yeah, 
but they don't pay any income. The, you know, I think everybody would agree with what you said. Of uh, nobody's like anti shop local. Nobody's anti. But at the same time, we're all. We love Amazon and we want to get it tomorrow yep. and cannot, two days isn't good enough. I want one day now. Yep. And, you know, that's the thing that really frustrates me and bothers me because I want, pe- it's such an easy dot for me to Absolutely. connect. It's like, I'm like, why do people not see that right. we're destroying our cities? We're destroying our economy. Yep. Our streets. Are- Did you see the article this weekend in the New York Times about the number of delivery trucks that are no. coming in and out of New York City and causing irreparable damage yeah. um, because of the packages? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, in our house, we don't we don't order from Amazon. We don't have Prime. We don't go to Whole Foods. You know, we're you and know, where do you live? In Dallas. Okay, and just yeah. FYI, if you live in a smaller community, it is okay to, to order from Amazon yeah. when you can't get the things sure. locally. But sure. not if you live in a major metropolitan area because you guys have everything. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, we we go out of our way, and I get it that not everybody right. can. And if you can get something for five dollars cheaper online, you're gonna do that. But, but for those price that, is only an issue in the absence of value. So what is it valued to you? You know, and right. I think that's Simon Covey that said that originally. But yeah, $5, I mean, that's worth knowing in my mind that I'm supporting my local community and keeping a small business afloat. Absolutely. And yep. it's, not, it's not charity work. It's that this, this, you know, we're in Georgetown. They've got a great downtown. That's if right. those businesses weren't there, your property values would go down. Yep. All the, it's all connected. Well, and before the automobile, we didn't have any other choice. And that's just what we did. And that's why neighborhoods and communities were in a much different state before the onset of the automobile, before we needed downtown revitalization, because that's just what you did. You had your local economy um, and it was designed to support. And so now we design economies not around locality. And I think that's been, you know, one of our greatest, um, you know, failures as a, as a country is, you know, we we're not designing a local economy. And so um, economic development firms and companies I know are having a lot of internal looks at themselves and um, everybody's watching to see what happens next because is that traditional development that we've been subsidizing work and do we need to be doing that? Right. You know, I think 60 of the Fortune 500 companies in 2017 paid zero in federal income tax. Um, and there's a state Texas comptroller report that has the lost tax data that you can look at. And so everyone complains about raising taxes and, you know, our, and it's true, our, our tax bills keep getting higher, but it's because the pool that we're taxing keeps getting smaller. We keep granting incentives and abatements and they have the really good lawyers, the big companies. And so the, we're the only ones left yep. to fit the bill and there's just no more blood left in the turnip. And so until we take a look at how we're sharing that, and I think the solution is focusing on that local economy. Um, and so so we'll see where all that goes. Yeah, you're speaking my language for sure. Well, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we've got a lot of work to do, and it's too big of a job for any one person or any one group or any one industry. It's that cross-sector pollination and that collaboration and collective impact and uh, making sure we all understand that we just want a better place, and we're going to go about it differently, and we're going to disagree, and that that's a positive thing, not a negative thing. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yep. Awesome. Well, very good. So tell me about, so you guys, one of my good friends um, is on the downtown board in Louisville, Texas. Yeah. So you guys finished some work for them. What was that? Yeah, we do some ongoing work with okay. um, Old Town, Louisville. Great. Um, and so we've done some stuff for their economic development department, okay. kind of doing some annual reports okay, and things perfect. like that. But Old Town, they've got a great they've, downtown. I'm so proud of them. And, yeah, uh, lots of stuff happening. Yeah, so we, you know, we help them with a lot of their branding and marketing and okay. run their digital good. social stuff. Um and so, yeah, we love it. I mean, we love working with, you know, historic downtowns, yep. you know, are, are just so great. And there is this, you know, 
despite everything we just talked about with Amazon, there is this return to Main Street that I see happening. Absolutely. And people value that yep. and they want to live in a community that has that. Right. They want to be able to have coffee and walk around. And, yep. Um, so yeah, Old Town is great. We love Old Town Louisville and uh, super proud of the work that we're doing with them. They've done some really great things. And retail apocalypse, I think you hear that term a lot, um, is an interesting thing because retail always goes through a transition. Um, and so you used to, you know, go to the general store and get whatever you needed and you walked or rode a horse and, um, and people started freaking out with the Sears catalog came out, right? This mail order is going to change. And we ordered houses from a catalog, okay? <laughs> and they delivered the materials and we built them. And then um, when we, you know, learned how to build buildings up and started building commercial buildings, we had all these large, huge storefronts, right? And window fronts. And we had to walk to see. And so retail has always gone through an evolution. After that, we went to the strip malls. And so this is just the next evolution, this online. And I think we're at the tail end of it, which is, you know, hard to believe because it seems in such recent memory that we started ordering things online. I think there, that will be a component of this next reiteration of what the retail environment looks like, but it's really about that experience. Yeah. Um, you know, the customer experience and being able to go out and enjoy, you know, I think multi-generational um, and just having a variety of things to choose from. Yeah, yeah, because even if you can get your things you need delivered. That's right. Now what? Now what? What are you going to go do? That's exactly right. So it's going to be about the experience. Yeah. And when and you go into the local source, talk to the merchant, have right. conversations with people yeah. different than you. Yep. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I mean, so to that point, I think it's, you know, for business owners that are worried about that, like, I think it makes sense to not fight it, but like, just That's figure right. out what the new way is what's the new version because it's right. not going back it's not going back and so you've got to you know i teach some customer experience classes and so um i used to think that downtown business owners were just apathetic um and, and that's not what it is they're overwhelmed uh, most of them are too busy there's too many things to focus on and they don't know where to put their attention um and so i think that they're gonna have to step outside of that and figure out a way to to catch up with the landscape and do something different and provide that experience yeah yeah, before I uh, before I was in this industry, I was in the music industry, and okay. I think I, I cite the lessons that we learned in the music industry as like so valuable because you know we were doing things with digital marketing and social well before all these Most other industries else. were. Yep, and music went through the digital downloads, disrupting their industry. That's right, and you know now we're seeing that happened in all these other industries. Yep. And you saw two camps. You saw those that were like, we're going to fight this. That's right. And you saw those that were like, we're going to embrace it and view this as, well, it's a new audience and That's how right. can we make more money off of tours How can and we sales? capitalize and, on it? And, and those that fought it did so for a while and then eventually had to just come they got, on They board. got drug along, yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you'd find if you had those people divided in a room, um, one set has a scarcity mindset and one set had an abundance mindset. Yeah. And that was the difference. And yeah. so it all goes back to, to human behavior and, and I think government's role is how do we build that environment for humans to behave in the most productive, um, beneficial manner. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it, Ryan. And yeah, thank thanks. you for coming to Georgetown and Texas Downtown Association. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll see you guys in Denton next year for sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Eyes on the Street, a Civic Brand podcast. If you're interested in learning more, check out civicbrand.com.